Good evening. Welcome to the first to the first chapel service of the 2007-2008 school year. Glad you're here. On the handout you received, and if you don't have one, you'll have to share. I'm supposed to have a hundred of those, but I don't have any more. On the, on the bottom of the handout you received is our theme for the coming year. I want us to read it together. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's the reason why we gather every time uh, for this chapel season. One more time. We are attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Before we begin our worship, uh, President Graves has an introduction he'd like to make. Good evening. Good evening. Well, it's fun to be together, isn't it? Did you have a good summer? If this is your first time in a NBC chapel, would you uh, stand so we can see who you are? Well, if you're uh, just figuring this thing out, Chaplain Like is our chaplain, and I'm Harold Graves, and I'm the president, and uh, we're just glad you're here tonight. And it's a delight to have with us tonight President Emeritus Hiram Sanders. Dr. Sanders, would you come, please? Come up here just a minute, Dr. Sanders. Uh, Dr. Sanders now lives in a place called Williamsburg, Virginia. And uh, he gave outstanding leadership to this college for 13 years? 12. Just seemed like 13. <laughs> but he worked right up until the day that uh, they said that uh, age would say you needed to, to retire. But I know he loves this place, prays for us, and uh, I'd like for him to bring greetings tonight. Would you do that? Welcome, Dr. Sanders. Well, I really believe that what we do, we need to do it with a great sense of passion and really believe in what we do. And I believe in Nazarene Bible College. I believe in good things that are happening here, and I have a passion for this place. And it's been, it was a joy for me to be able to tell the story all across America and in other places as well that uh, God is doing special things here. And he continues to speak to people and encourage you to come and to prepare for the future. And we're glad that we can help you to do that. And so, uh, once again, it's just uh, good to be in a chapel service. I really didn't plan on being here. We still have a house that we haven't sold. That's sort of the story of, of this particular time in life. And so I had to come back out and check on it. Jan's still back in Williamsburg. But uh, I tell you, the, the joy I've had this last year, if you want to know my story, is that I have been with my wife every night this year. <laughs> And after 12 years of about 100 nights a year, I cannot tell you what a, what a wonderful joy that has been. 
to just share life with my, my lovely spouse. And so we're, we're blessed, and you're blessed. And we share these blessings together tonight. God bless you. There's one other introduction um, we need to make. I know that there are some people in the room who have spent some time in Iraq. Uh, one person in particular we want to welcome back. It's Juan Laredo. Uh, and to everybody else in the room who has uh, served the country, we want to tell you thanks. Father, you've heard the praise of our hearts. Thank you for making it possible. Thank you for allowing us to worship you. Thank you for the way that you have worked in our lives to bring us to this moment in time, to this place. May everything that we do for you be filled with praise and honor and adoration, for you are holy and you are worthy. And we give you praise. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it is good to worship the Lord, isn't it? Amen. I suppose you know why we're meeting in here. The chapel is under repair. Some problems we have there that... Uh, we're really not going to begin the process of correcting until after the family gathering, which is also our opening convention, uh, which is going to be a neat experience for us as a, as, a, as a college, for all of the Nazarene churches in the Colorado Springs cluster will join us for the opening convention. It will begin on Sunday night at Springs First Church of the Nazarene down the hill, and then continue Monday through Wednesday in the chapel. But uh, we, we wanted really to, to, to have the first chapel in here because this is where we're going to be probably through the semester into the first of December. And so I commend Chaplain Light for, for creating this, this atmosphere of worship in, in this room. It's not, a, it's not unusual for this is where we held chapel for years until we built the, the new chapel. And uh, I, I just sense God's spirit here tonight, don't you? Well, let me just, before I get into the text, and um, we might and we might not get there tonight. If we do, you know, we'll, we'll get around to it. But, uh, you know, there's just, just a few things I want to chat with you about tonight. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, Juan, would you just come here a second? Um, you know, I remember saying with Juan, uh, I, just, I just really arrived in Colorado Springs and we stood out there uh, in, by the administration building. And he told me that uh, he was getting ready to go to Iraq. And uh, as an as a independent contractor and promised him that we would pray for him. And aren't we thankful that, that God's protecting power? God bless you, brother. We're so glad you're back. We're so glad you're back. Yes. You want to say, sure, please. 
there's numerous times where you know you're in harm's way whether you're a contractor or you're not or if you're military and I want you to encourage you to keep praying for men and women in uniform their sacrifices that, that they've made and they're making overseas for our freedom words can't even begin to express the gratitude that I have to be here today because of them and because of your prayers I'm standing here today once again thanks a lot Amen. Thank you. I want, I want Raymond Long just to join me up here. Would you, Raymond, would you just come here quickly? Yeah. Uh, some of you get to know Raymond. Raymond is a Navajo. Uh, and, from, uh, and, and this summer, uh, God used him in many ways. And I got the report that, uh, that he was uh, preaching, I guess, in a camp meeting service there among his people. And... Uh, Raymond, you just share briefly what, what the Lord did as you preached that night with your people? Well, first of all, when I was leaving, I mentioned to some of you um, that I will be preaching for the summer of 2007 at uh, the Navajo Reservation. And I really thank those of you that did pray for me. And I believe Amber and Jack Garcia and some folks, <clears throat> they connected and covered me with prayer. And I just pray that God's anointing will be upon me while I preach His word to my people. And the month of June, a big old camp meeting. Another month, uh, July, another big camp meeting, uh, family seminar, and another one coming this weekend again. And God's anointing is just awesome. When, when you have the anointing of God's spirit, I mean, the spirit just helps you. It's easy. It's just easy when you have the anointing. And I just, I just amazed at myself how God used me, put words to me, just saying the right words at the right time. And that's how God used Amen. me among my people. And God is the one to give the glory to, not Amen. me, to Him. Because my people were lost, a lot of them recommitted themselves back to God. And this, this weekend, again, I ask for your prayer because I'll be speaking to the native men of our uh, part of the region. And domestic violence is really high in our area. And we will be talking to uh, the men, the young men, high school boys. So <clears throat> another major event will be uh, forthcoming on my agenda. So pray for me and back me up by prayer again. Praise Thank the you. Lord. Thank you. Raymond's district superintendent is Johnny Nels, who's a member of our board of trustees here at the college. And after Raymond preached, uh, Brother Nels came up to him and said, Wow, NBC is really helping you. <laughs> so we, uh, we appreciate that witness, don't we? Um, you know, this has been a... This has been a a, a wonderful summer, um, you know, f as we have spread out across the country. Literally, we covered coast to coast, border to border, uh, 55 district assemblies the cabinet attended this year. 
Now for you who are not Nazarene, the district assembly is a gathering of Nazarene churches in a certain location. Sometimes it's a whole state, sometimes it's a portion of the state. There's 78 of those districts in the United States. And we covered 55 of them this summer. A lot of miles, a lot of traveling, a lot of opportunities to meet alumni, to tell the NBC story, and to represent this college and, and the things that, are, that God's doing. Would you thank the cabinet, cabinet members that are here tonight, Dr. Stelting, Dr. Matson, uh, would you please stand and uh, Mike, Dr. Reverend Aaron Beatty. Thank you, Mr. Aaron Beatty. Thank you. And um, this morning, this, this today we've been in, we've been locked in a room having cabinet meeting all day today and hearing where we are and stuff like that. You you might be interested to know that. Uh, in our degree program, we have almost 100 more students in the degree program this year than we did last year. And with our ministry preparation program, um, I can tell you that the number right now looks like there will be 950 something is that about right? That, that's total. Total. With, with the ministry preparation and people who are taking classes, there will be 950 some odd people taking classes from Nazarene Bible College this fall. Isn't that wonderful? We praise God for that. So, um, you know, this, is, this has just been really, really, really a good summer. And uh, my daughter had a, a baby last week. Yeah, pretty cool. I got the, I got the pictures if you want to, did I get that right? I got the pictures if you want to see. Uh, probably not interested, but that's okay. I, and uh, so uh, God is good. Amen. Well, let's... Um, you know, I'm doing something tonight that I never did as a pastor. I never repeated a sermon as a pastor. Now that's not, that's not really difficult if you're changing churches every two years. <laughs> My last assignment, I was, I was the pastor there at the church for 13 years. 13 years of preaching Christmas Day sermons. That's a challenge. Uh, so I never repeated in, in those years, but I'm doing something here tonight that, that, that I, I never did as a pastor, and that's repeat a sermon. Um, there's a lot of reasons to say. You can say, well, he just didn't have time to get one, so he's using last year's. Or you can flip it around and say, I didn't think you got it last year, so I'm going to do it again this year. Uh, or... or or rather what I feel is that as we begin a year, I think this is an appropriate passage for us to begin the year with. Because we're a unique school. There's not a Nazarene school like us in the United States. Did you know that? There's not one like us. 
We're, we're, we, we have a special niche. And I remember coming into my first chapel uh, last year, and, and, and when I went away, I said, just the, the overwhelming sense of being in a room full of people who have sensed the call of God on their life. It, it, it was, it, it's just, it's, it's humbling. And uh, I think this passage relates to us all. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to um, 1 Samuel chapter 3. And, uh, you know, I, I, what I'm going to do tonight is, is read this passage and then I'm going to, I'm going to cut, I'm, I'm going to just cut to the chase on this. I, what I'm going to do is get right to what I want to say in it. There's a lot of things that I could say, but that takes a lot more time than I've got left here. So what I'm going to do is read this passage, and I'm going to go right past the introduction, right past a few quotes, and get to what I want you to take home with you tonight. Is that fair? Wouldn't you like preachers to do that all the time? What? <laughs> Maybe I'm modeling something that we ought to just take to heart tonight. All right. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Why don't you stand as we read from God's Word. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, this is, this is a troubling verse to me. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had, had not yet gone out, and, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And, and he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, No, wait a minute. I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord, the Lord God Almighty, and stood there. Hang on that one for a little bit. Calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. 
Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Speak, for your servant is listening. Thanks, Father, for giving us your precious word. How would we know about you unless you had revealed yourself through your holy word? We receive your word tonight as a gift of your grace. May we live faithful to the lessons that we learn together. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, you may be seated and I'll just... You know, does God really call people? Sure He does. Sure He does. And, and this, this passage from the Old Testament is, is about one being called. Some great lessons for us here. As we even contemplate our own calling, the time that God came to us, maybe in the night, maybe in the middle of the day, maybe at work, maybe at home, maybe at church, maybe somewhere in your private time or place, God came and He spoke. Now there's some lessons that, that I think we learn about listening for God's call in our life. The first one is simply this, if I can get to it. It is God who calls. It is God who calls. Now you know the story, you know the story of Samuel. How his mother had prayed for a child and that if God opened her womb and gave her a child, that she would dedicate that child, give that child to the Lord's service. And sure enough, we see in 1 Samuel chapter 1, 27 and 28, that she came to the place of worship and Hannah presented her son Samuel to Eli and said, I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him so now I give him to the Lord for his whole life he will be given to the Lord and he left him there. I can't even imagine that, can you? I can't imagine my daughter taking little Ethan Boyd down to the local church and saying to the preacher, here he is. Prayed that I'd have him. And I promised the Lord if I got him, I'd give him over to the Lord's service. Now raise him right and walking away. That's what Hannah did. So Samuel is in the charge of Eli the priest. And then we see the story of God coming to Samuel and calling him. The important thing to remember here even though Hannah gave her son to the Lord, it was not Hannah that called Samuel, but rather it was God who called him. I like what uh, Henry Blackaby says in The Power of the Call. This call is not by the will of man, but by the will of God. As Jesus told his disciples in John 15, 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And it was the Apostle Paul who said in Colossians 1, 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. 
The thing that we must take into account whenever we reflect on our calling, that if it's grandpa who called us, or mama who called us, or the pastor who called us, then we're going to be in a heap of trouble. We must know that the calling is not of man, but the calling is of God. And aren't you thankful that the God who called Abraham and Moses, the prophets, the disciples, the God who called Paul and Martin Luther and John Wesley, this God is the same God who comes to us and calls us to join him in the work that he has for us to do. The first lesson in, in understanding and taking hold of our calling is that it is God who calls us. The second lesson in this passage is we don't always understand God's call. We don't always understand it. I mean, you look at Samuel and he's, he, said, he said, you know, Eli, is it you? What's going on here? And then it says in verse 7, that the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. In other words, he really didn't understand what was going on in his life, but he knew that something was stirring deep in his heart and in his spirit, and he couldn't get away from it. So, you might enter into this journey and you say, well, Lord, I, I, I know you're calling, but I'm just not quite sure what you're calling me to do, but this is what I'm saying. Speak, for your servant is listening. A third lesson that we learn here is that God will work through others to help us discern his call. Then Eli, in verse 8, realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Samuel didn't recognize the voice of the Lord. He didn't know the Lord until Eli interpreted the voice. You see, we need the community of faith to help us process God's calling. It's not left up to us alone. God puts people in our path that helps us to process the call, to help us to grasp it, to help us to understand it. And you know what? That's why this is a good place to be. Because that's what we're about here. We're about helping you to discern and to process that call. I mean, you could go anywhere and get an education, but we're more than just an education. We're about helping you to process what God is saying to you. That's why your professors care so deeply for you and pray with you and will counsel you, will coach you. That once they, they want you to succeed more than you can possibly even begin to grasp. Now why is that? Because in their life, they had someone that came alongside them and helped them to process this and to work through it in their own life. They understand it. So let me just tell you, when the old enemy of your soul begins to tap on your shoulder and say, what are you doing here? Or when the enemy comes and says, you'll never be able to do that. 
Don't try to figure that out by yourself. Come to one who cares, who's been there, that'll help you work through that. Let me tell you something. If any of us ever get to the place that we believe we can do it, we're certain to fail. Because what we're about is the kingdom work. And as Raymond testified tonight, unless we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit and God's Spirit flowing through us, empowering us to do that calling, we'll never, we'll never be where God wants us to be. Well, there's a fourth lesson. God is persistent in His call. Aren't you glad for that? I just want, you don't have to raise your hand. I don't, I don't want you to raise your hand. But I have a feeling that there are some people in this room that might have received a call earlier in life and said, Lord, you must be confused. <laughs> it's got to be somebody else. It can't be me. How can you use me? And so you put it aside. But there's a God in heaven who knows you by name, who knows where you are, who has a plan for your life, and will never, ever stop pursuing you. You see, God is persistent in those he's calling. In verse 10 we read, the Lord came and stood there. I mean, how many times did God call him out? How many times before then? Three times. The fourth time, God said, enough of this calling stuff. I'm just going to go see him. <laughs> Can you imagine how awesome that must have been when little Samuel opened his eyes and there was God Almighty? That'd get you on your knees in a hurry, wouldn't it? But that's a God who comes to us, who will not give up on us, who cares for us and loves us, and wants us to have the absolute best for our lives. A fifth lesson. God will speak to us as we listen for him. The instruction that Eli gave to Samuel was go back and what? Listen. Listen. And if he speaks again, answer. You know, part of the process of, of discerning the will of God is to have a, having a teachable spirit, an open heart, and a receptive mind. I, you know what? I, I, as a pastor... I grew weary with pastors who knew everything. As a DS, the weariness became distress. There's no way to know it all. So it's imperative that we keep our hearts and minds open to what God is saying to us today. For what He teaches us today will help us tomorrow. There's a final lesson. 
God will reward obedience to his call. Now I believe that with all my heart. In verses 19 and 20 we read, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. Oh my. Can you imagine that? Didn't let one of his words fall to the ground. I can't tell you how many times in my preaching I preach to people sleeping soundly. But there was always somebody there listening. It wasn't me. It was the words of the Lord speaking through his vessel. God will reward us as we are obedient to his call. God was with Samuel and God used Samuel. Let me just close by telling you a quick story. I did 21 district assemblies this year. I flew somewhere around 87,000 miles between April and I can tell you I sat with Dr. Sanders it was my last assembly in Virginia the first week of August. It was 105 degrees, about 110 degrees heat index. And we were in a, in a tabernacle that the air conditioning wasn't working. And uh, they had it all sealed up, but it just wasn't working very well. I sat with him at dinner that night and I said to him, Dr. Sanders, how'd you do this for 12 years? I got to tell you, I was weary by that, by that point. 21 assemblies, I was weary. So how did you get up and keep going doing that? It was stories like this one. I sat with our district rep on the Northwest Indiana District. That's in Valparaiso, Indiana. And uh, his associate, a, a, a young lady who already has a college degree, but is taking classes from us in the MPP program to get what she needs for credentialing in the Church of the Nazarene. And she told about a lady in her church who came to her and said, I'm retired now, but I believe God's calling me to do something. I, I don't know quite what it is, but I, I believe God's speaking to me about something. And, and, this, and this girl said, hey, you know what you ought to do is you ought to take a class from NBC. Just go in there and take the MPP class. Take one of those classes. So she did. I think it was an English class. Is that right, Dr. Stone? She took this English class. She doesn't have a college degree. She's retired. Who was teaching that class? Okay. So in this class, God speaks to her. The light goes on. She knows what it is now. God is calling her to plant a daycare center in her church among the working poor of her city. So she said, if I'm going to do that, I needed some education. So she en enrolled in the Christian school education program through NBC online, beginning this new chapter in her life. This lady, I think, is 65 years of age. She heard the call. She answered the call. And we're helping her to process that and prepare for that. That's what Nazarene Bible College is all about. And I'm so glad you're here. Amen. 
We believe in you. We're going to help you. We want you to succeed in discovering and following the call of God on your life. Let's sing. Well, I did better than last year, did I not? 8.23, the little clock says. I'm thankful that the chaplain did not turn on the alarm. Let's sing together, and then we'll pray. That's our prayer tonight. You have called, we have answered, we will go. As we prepare and process that, I pray that you would lead us, teach us, prepare us to be the servants you have called us to be. Ministry means a lot of things in this day and age. And we want to be faithful to the ministry that you have called us. And now to him who is able to keep you from falling you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as before all ages, as now,